He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, back to the Anthony Irwin Show. I am Anthony Irwin. Today, joined by my good buddy, my friend of mine, who I, I, you know what? I can't lie and say I'm happy for him. But we're here to talk about the Dallas Mavericks with friend of the show, Kirk Henderson, who does stuff over at Mavs Moneyball and um, has just been in an incredible mood, even by his standards, for what, Kirk, would you say, like the last two weeks? I mean, the Mavericks went down 0-2 and then won four out of the five against the Suns, so it's been it's been pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going. We're we're going to spend uh, the majority of the show talking about that matchup, talking about how nice it was to beat that just insanely unlikable Phoenix Suns team. We might even spend some time on why I find them or why we find them so Let's, unlikable. I want. I hope so because I, the, they beat the Mavericks three times in the early part of the season, and yeah. I guess I didn't understand the vitriol that other NBA players felt for them. That was that was fascinating. Um, that 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 was something that I noticed over the last week or so, uh, especially from Patrick Beverly and the very few people who stood up for Chris Paul as Patrick Beverly went uh, scorched earth. But Kirk, you and I are both parents, and I have to start on this because I've I made myself laugh really, really hard today at at something that like crossed my mind as it happened. Um, Avery was trying to I was trying to get her down for a nap, and she was just kind of like farting around in her bed, and we have a ring hooked up in her room that I'll you know chime in on and tell her to the what she needs to do or whatever, and I realized I was trying to say the word blanky um intimidatingly <laughs> and i'm trying to think of words that are least capable of being intimidating than blanky and it's like blanky and slushy are, are basically what i've arrived at can you think of any i'm gonna have to think on this this is a good one <laughs> this is a good one i like this a lot i was like i was just sitting there like avery Put on your blankie. <laughs> like had to mic mute myself real fast because I was like, you know, <laughs> annoyed. I'm sitting here waiting to, to record, and I had to wait to record until she was down. And I'm telling you, Avery, roll over in your blankie. <laughs> it's just sound like a complete idiot. And that's what we do when we are parents. That's right. <laughs> um, all right, we'll dive in. Let's start though with the Phoenix Suns and and what what struck me was not only like, cause Devin Booker, I, I, I find really cool to watch play basketball, really annoying in every other facet of life. Um, Chris Paul is one of my least favorite, especially great players ever. Jay Crowder is one of my least favorite flat out players ever. So like for me personally, it's pretty easy to figure out why I don't like this team. It sucked to root against Monty Williams, but just in general, I just didn't find this Phoenix Suns team very likable. And on top of that, you have Devin Booker demanding that we give them flowers before, like for for winning a regular season, I guess. Um, and and I just I know why I didn't like them. I can understand why you coming out of a series against them wouldn't like them. 
but you you said it you mentioned it players around the league seem to really dislike this team and 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 showed it though their disdain for this team after they lost and everybody just seemed to throw some dirt on their graves so what 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 do you think went into that across the league well, I didn't really understand this, but apparently Devin Booker is among the premier trash talkers in the league. Mm. And when you throw that on top of Chris Paul being, you know, just just court cop with everything that he does. And <laughs> yeah, like, the you know, part of me has to appreciate the sheer number of rules that were created because of his bullshit. Um, <laughs> and it was really yeah. quite, quite. So it's like all these things wrapped together. <laughs> Um, I, I think that Jay Crowder is a, is a reviled player to play against. I, yeah. I think he, so it's like all these little things, maybe yeah. Chris Paul's not so much a little thing, but like all these things wrapped in one on count on top of the fact that they really did. I mean, 64 wins is nothing to scoff at. No. And you just roll those things together and they, and talked they beat about- the shit out of a lot of teams mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Like yeah. They- it was 64 games and it was with a, with a crazy win, uh, Scoring differential. I think other than the 2000, it was either the 2001 Lakers or the 2009 Lakers. I cannot remember this, but they never lost a game the entire year if they were trailing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that so, was 2019. 2019. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I got my the, numbers the bubble back. Team. Mm-hmm. It was a great, but that's like, like that's, but they won the title. So <laughs> yeah. there's some, and, and, and instead they, you know, they just kind of, you know, they, they died early and, now that I've had a couple of days to reflect and I got my like sheer, like arrogant rage takes out following the game because I was very respectful of this team because you don't ever want to, when you're punching up, you don't ever want, want to get too salty because that stuff just comes back to bite you. Yeah. And ah, have your I, fun. I, I, I feel I, for I, them because yeah. in 2007, the Dallas Mavericks started off the season 0 and 4, then they went 52 and 4. So mm-hmm. that's an incredible stretch. And bad. then they played. 500 basketball the rest of the way and got beat by the, we believe warriors. And there's just something to be said for not playing or for, for playing your best basketball at the right time. And the Suns were off their game in game two, they shot 86% in the fourth quarter. And then their offense if essentially fell off a cliff. Um, some of the things that they were doing, I found a, a, a tweet thread today where they had Chris Paul or Dobbs Bertans got switched onto Chris Paul. And for some reason they ran a play for JaVale McGee. I mean, they were doing insane things yeah. on offense and, and it, it doesn't even, it, it really kind of befuddles the mind because I still have a hard time totally understanding. I know what the Mavericks are doing. I don't, that it's working is blinding is, is really confusing to me on defense sometimes, but the Suns really, you know, you don't win in four games or you don't win four out of seven by luck. I, I, I am mm-hmm. just going to say that, but yeah. The Suns definitely made it easier than w- w- I thought it was going to be. So the Suns, like, I think that's actually where not blowing leads in the fourth kind of hurts you a little bit. Cause that's how you learn, right? You make mm-hmm. enough mistakes in a fourth quarter and you learn, especially as a younger team, right? Like the Lakers that did it in 2019, it's a LeBron team. It's with Anthony Davis and it was, a fairly old team that, that that went out and and won that championship. The the Suns are still relying upon Devin Booker, who is twenty five, right? Mikhail Bridges is is young. DeAndre uh, Ayton is is young. So like it, it's it's still a relatively young kind of core, even if you have Chris Paul there. And Chris Paul, like 
when it comes to fourth quarter disasters, like he's the guy I think of. Like he, he's when I when you think of like great player who is most capable of just getting super trashed in a fourth quarter, like it's Chris Paul who who comes to mind. So you almost kind of I this is complete hindsight being 2020, but you almost would kind of prefer to have taken a couple L's so that you can remind yourself, hey, this is how we avoid not just completely blowing it in a fourth quarter or handling mm -hmm. some adversity in a fourth quarter. Um, and then the other thing too, with, with like the Suns in particular is like already as a front runner, people are already not going to like you, right? Because you're beating them. You're beating uh -huh. a bunch of fan bases. You're beating a bunch of players out there. So they're already not going to like it. But, and I know that this ha is a weighted word, so I'm going to be super careful as I use it, but the entitlement, it's just, it just drives me insane that they were demanding respect that you would give to a great team that won out and won a championship before they out, they went out and won a championship. And like, if, if there's any way that is going to make you disliked, not just by fan bases out there, as you beat the crap out of their favorite teams, but especially by your peers, it's demanding respect before you do what you actually need to do to go out and, 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 and earn said respect. Well, my friend Josh, my co podcast co-host, had a take, which I don't think is true, but I love the spice of it. He said that once Chris Paul got hurt, which is probably what happened somewhere in game three because he was so awful, um, and I think we'll hear about it later, but you know, he probably you know, didn't we've get already, a, We've already heard about it. He's a small guy. The Mavericks targeted him more than he's ever been targeted in his entire career, and he just wore down. But Josh said that that once you sort of scrape away the Chris Paul of it all, the bones of the 25 win garbage fire teams that existed Still in there. Phoenix are is that's what's there. Yeah. Um, Booker brought the, or I'm sorry, Chris Paul brought them a sense of professionalism and urgency with how they played. But, you know, this is the same Corey Booker who scored 70 points in a blowout loss. It's Devin just, Booker, Devin put Corey Booker in front of me. Uh, I, I, I it's still, it's still shocking range. to us that he scored fifty in a game. So, like, if if ever De offered Devin the opportunity, Booker, Devin Booker is it. such a skilled basketball player, yeah. but there's just like he makes it really easy to root against him. I mean, the Mavs fans in the area were calling him Kmart Kobe, and <laughs> I just I never got there because like. He, to me, it's too scary. Like he hit a running jumper in game five, like a running three pointer that was among the most like breathtaking shots I've seen all season. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's there, there is some truth to the fact, you know, in 2019, he went viral in the summer for complaining about being double teamed. Yep. The Mavericks threw soft doubles at him. And over the last two games, he had five assists to 12 turnovers. Yeah. Like that's real. So, yeah, I, I, the, the, Booker is so weird because again, if if I would, if all my experience with Devin Booker was is all right, I'm just gonna watch him play. I'm mm -hmm. never gonna read a quote. I'm never gonna hear a press conference. Nothing like that. I'm even going to ignore him when he doesn't have the ball. Um, I would say that's a breathtaking basketball player. Like that is he is a, a really really especially offensively super talented basketball player. Yep. But the other stuff exists. Like but. But he did complain about the Toronto Raptors mascot being right behind the, the, the basket. But yep. he did complain about uh, being doubled in the offseason and how he's there to work on his game and all these things. Um, and, and, and yeah, that stuff, like it's 
I don't know that that's the kind of thing that you necessarily get over um, over the course of your career at this stage of his career. I think it's going to take a little while, uh, but he's going to have to. Like he's going to have to. It's not even from like a likability standpoint, but it's more just from like a basketball player standpoint. You do need to work on the in the offseason on handling double teams. That's part. It's part of basketball. Um, you do need to just be able to to block out a mascot who's standing there behind the basket by himself or itself. Um, and, and until he does, not only will he be like a tick lower in terms of how cool he could be, but I, I think it does actually kind of hurt him as a basketball player. All right, let's move to the Mavericks. And uh, I mean, I'm just going to say it like, how could, everybody have been so wrong about Jason Kidd, the head coach, or do you think they were that wrong in the first place? And do you think it's, it's possible even now, because we don't really understand coaching that maybe he might be getting some extra credit that he may not necessarily be getting it as Luca is just doing crazy special Luca things. So I think you got to give Jason Kidd a lot of credit and I excoriated the hiring because mm-hmm. on the show was yeah on this show one of the many places mm-hmm. um up in brooklyn up in milwaukee his calling card was being a sociopath like there's really yeah. no other way like the people Asshole. forget this yeah i mean people forget this stuff but there's a lot of ink over how he treated people mm-hmm. he seems to be after you know a, a year away from the game because that's my favorite part that people don't seem to grasp is like it's not like he went from the bucks and got another job but like he, the lakers hired him off the street he wasn't yeah. affiliated with an nba team um after his year out in la bubble championship where by all accounts he was very much kind of a like a kind of a, a steadying he, voice yeah, which is, you know, kind of the point guard, kind of that, that he was mm-hmm. on the floor. Like, like you know, he brought a lot of calm to situations and was kind of a, you know, a players talk to them, et cetera. He, he has created like a very collaborative staff to where I know more Maverick assistant coaches names than I have known the entire time I've been a Mavericks fan. Yeah. And it's not just because some of them are name like like name brand coaches or former players. It's because he has let them speak to the media, which is a rarer thing. Carlisle yeah. never let anybody talk to the media. And so there's there's this sense of collaboration that goes on. And you see it even within the games where um God, what's the guy that was up uh, uh it's it's the the coach that was with him up in Detroit and um I can't remember this is embarrassing, but his his uh Sean Sweeney, uh mm-hmm. his his chief assistant does a lot of in-game coaching in a way that's that's demonstrative and visible if you're paying attention that other yeah. you don't see like I never saw under Carlisle. So he deserves I think the most credit because this is the same roster uh, that they had last year except they changed Jason Richardson for Reggie Bullock and then Tim Hardaway is hurt. Now I the Spencer Josh Dinwiddie, Richardson. Yeah, Josh Richardson. I don't know. I always do that. Jason, Jason, Jason Richardson. Jason Richardson. That, uh, it was about as effective as for you know forty five year old. Yeah, I was gonna say. So, I was gonna say that'd be an upgrade too. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be and, and quite the upgrade. So it's like up until the middle of the year, they were playing very similar grouping of guys. Spencer Dinwiddie for Porzingis trade worked out way better than I think anybody could have hoped, even the Mavericks. Yeah. Um, and getting all those pieces to work has has been pretty amazing. Now one of the things I will kind of cop to is how the Mavericks play both offense and defense. I sort of thought that 
they would have run into problems by now because defensively they are doing running a heavy help and recover scheme. And I just didn't think they had the legs for it because they mm-hmm. only play about seven guys and it's a really physically taxing yeah. uh, system. Then on offense, you have Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie, who all three get a chance at running the offense. And it's three guys that play stylistically very differently. But mm-hmm. the offense is kind of a isolation heavy, yeah. hunting mismatches, that sort of thing. And I figured somebody would have shut it down and it just hasn't. And so I don't know what to think. I mean, this is this is purely house money at this point. I think the Mavericks fans are really bullish about what could happen next because um I don't think the Mavericks really handled the Warriors in the regular season, but that's the regular season and there were three games without Draymond. So it's like, is it really, you know? Yeah. There's just a bunch of, but I do think that the, the primary guy really should be that kid gets a, a significant amount of credit. Luca finally getting his butt into shape helped a lot. And also yeah. he decided to start attacking the rim again. I think his challenge as his career goes on is he's going to be basketball Rob Gronkowski. He's going to have to take the hits. Like mm-hmm. one of the things I think would, would surprise like a casual observer is that LeBron just doesn't attack like he used to anymore. Cause he doesn't want that physical banging. Yeah. It doesn't matter how incredible of a specimen he is. It wears you down. But yeah. while well, and his- for bigger guys, like it takes more to get a call too. Mm-hmm. So like a, for, for Luca, for LeBron, if they're at the free throw line, they usually earned it. Yep. Well, I mean, Luca gets a credit, gets accused rightfully so of being a whiner in no small part because he gets like wrecked. Like yeah. his, his arms, if you take a look at him, he is reasonably irritable at this sort of stuff, but it's just the nature of the game. And he's, if he wants to to win championships, that's going to be the path is him, you know, just sort of accepting the fact that he's, he's a human bulldozer, but those two things put together, you know, Luca being in shape and then kid, uh, playing, you know, just as smartly, like, like really just squeezing blood from a stone. It's funny. I want to go back to kid because, uh, well, for one thing, Ethan Strauss wrote an, uh, an article about Mark Jackson and how he isn't getting a job and how every time we go through a job hiring cycle and he doesn't get a job, there's always this whining about how crazy it is that this guy who, you know, at least laid the foundation for the dynasty, the, the, the Warriors dynasty in some way, um, can't get a job again. But I think kid is kind of the example of you, you do have to pay your dues along the way. Like you, you do have to go and be an assistant somewhere. You have to show that you, you are capable of growth. And, and I think that's one thing that it was funny with the Lakers. He was credited kid was with the offense that he was, in, in, in many ways responsible for some of the stuff that the Lakers are running offensively and the Lakers ran the late, the, the LeBron offense. So when that was the report, I was like, well, that's, that's probably not great. Um, and then, but the other thing, and it's like, you're talking about is that like calming presence that, and, and the ability by the way, to call out LeBron because, and, and to call out AD. And I think that's the part of, uh, not having kid on the on the bench that the Lakers really missed this year was that they had guys like LeBron, Westbrook, and AD who just like do not listen to coaches they don't they don't see as on their level in terms of career. You listen to the way that like Draymond Green talks about people who talk about basketball who didn't play basketball in the NBA and it's just like that's that's becoming a major theme here with with approach for basketball players now. And I think 
kid like it really stuck out to me early in the season where kid straight up called out luca for whining too much mm-hmm. and that that was the first time that i said huh we'll see how this works was was kind of my thought process back then but for a coach who has kids resume who has the amount of cachet that he does with players because of what he did as a player that's the kind of thing he can do that like frank vogel couldn't do that that some of the other coaches around the league just quite can't and i, I I'm, I'm curious if if you think that's something that that they've built on and is sustainable moving forward because it is a, a very in-your-face approach that he can take at times he's very honest well, it's also a timing thing where I think as a as a coach in an 82 game season, you have a limited number of chances to get through and the Mavericks started off not good. And they, you know, as of New Year's Eve, I think they were like 16 and 18 and they had lost on a <laughs> the guy up in Sacramento. The, uh, his name's his name is me, too. Um, and it was everybody was down bad. Chemezi, me, too. There we mm-hmm. go. And I remember everybody being down bad. My buddy Josh had called. I remember that game. (laughs) It was bad, man. And my buddy Josh had basically said, hey, you know what? This roster just doesn't have it. Maybe the Mavericks should consider packing it. And he did that around mid-December. Luca had been hurt with the. No, he had had, uh, sprained his ankle and then he had COVID where everybody had COVID. And then what happened, um, they've basically gone something like 44 and 18 since. Um, where they're just kind of mowing teams down, and he used one of his his chips early at, in, in that run where where he talked about Luca needing to get in better shape, and Luca admitted that he needed to be in better shape, and then played himself into it. And then you know, following game two, following game two against the Suns, he he called out Luca's defense, and then also but couched it in the mm-hmm. fact that his teammates have to help him better. And since then, Luca was a lot better, and it's just using it at the right time. And, and kid has been throwing hilarious shade at Carlisle. Um, I think they're friends because obviously they won a championship, but they butted heads a lot as player and coach. And Carlisle has a real control problem. Um, and I get yeah. why, but he has a real control problem and blew a lot. Like a lot of Mavericks fans think they lost the Clippers uh, round one series in 2021 because Carl called a timeout as the Mavericks were getting ready to bury. Like it was like one of these backbreak, like it was a, a timeout, which killed the Mavericks momentum. Mm. Um, and he, he, you know, kid is just, he, he uses these things kind of at the right time, sometimes to the point to where I, you know, I don't know if you, you may not, you may black this out from your memory, but I remember like Phil Jackson used to let the Lakers yep. play through a lot of mistakes in the Mother's Day Massacre, Game Four of Mavs Lakers in 2011, he mm-hmm. just let Jason Terry keep shooting, and it's like, are you not going to call a timeout, my guy? You're down, and and sometimes you, it's a kid. Sometimes will have that kind of problem. Never happened. I but don't know what <laughs> I think those, I think those things though are like if if you want to err when you have a generational talent, you almost want to err on letting them figure it out over micromanage over trying to micromanage them. So, so that's where I, I I've been really appreciative of, of his coaching over the big picture. I will tell you, he can't challenge to save his life. I don't remember <laughs> him getting a challenge. Correct. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Well, so, so I think a lot of that, I don't know if he's like every other coach in the league, but basically every time a star asks for a challenge, they, they, they reward the star with a challenge and the star like 
<laughs> lets them down mm-hmm. probably like nine times out of ten. It's one of my favorite trends in 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 the sport um, to just kind of like mock off to the side. Um, I this this matchup here with the Warriors, and then you combine that with just beating the Phoenix Suns. Is it weird for you to be like to root for a popular Mavs team? Because I the last time that probably happened, so people really liked you guys beating the the Heat. The Heat, yeah, yeah. And then people really enjoyed you guys beating those Lakers on on, and I think that was en route to to beating. Yeah, it was the yeah. Heat. Um, so that was I think the last time that they were this kind of popular. And uh, look, the Warriors. I think people look at them a little differently now that they don't have Kevin Durant. But as soon as Draymond kicks Luca in the balls again. People are going to remember, like, okay, yeah, that's right. We don't like that guy. Um, I, I, I'm just kind of like, it's been, it's been interesting to see. I've never seen a, a an organization so immediately shift its culture slash identity and then have that pay off the way that it has to this point. So that's like, that's where I'm kind of coming from with, with with this question of like, this has to be kind of dreamish. I mean, it is nice. It, it is nice and evidenced by the fact that, like, my my podcast downloads are nearly <laughs> tying what I did last year. Yeah. Um, but to, to answer your question specifically, I do Mike, think Mike, if that, you're listening, take note of that one. I do think that because of, like, en route, who they played, they played a very unlikable jazz team. Yeah. They played a Suns team that a lot of NBA players didn't care for. Yeah. I don't like Luca is a very well respected player. I also don't think he's particularly cared for. There yeah. is there's an element of his game paired with some of the fact that a lot of Americans seem to think that things have been handed to him. I don't entirely mm. understand that, yeah, get but that. that's a different that's kind of a different conversation. They're very popular right now though just because they're they're kind of in in they keep going up against teams that other like that that other teams are enjoying hating. Yeah. Like they're going to play the Warriors. Like is there a you know, and then they might be bought. They might play Boston, right? So it's just like there's a real sort of like knack. Yeah, there's a path to say, okay, you know what? You just needed to don't, sneak the Clippers in there somehow, right? Don't <laughs> love this Luka Doncic character. Don't like that Jason Kidd guy. Yeah, but I really don't like that <laughs> Steph Curry asshole, that Jalen or that 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 Draymond Green guy. Yeah, that that you know Boston metroplex you know have you have you gotten into have you gotten into it yet with warriors fans because they're they're smelling i I think i just saw them going at jj reddick who is one of the most popular people in media right now for merely implying that it's easier for luca to get his shot than steph yeah which it's it's like a size (laughs) thing and it's nothing to do you know it's a very it's a very like it, it, it's it's I, not even really a take. It's just it's just pointing out. Yeah, you give the ball to the six nine bigger dude, and it's hard for people to get I mean, up. I, and I had a guy shot. pop in. I had a guy pop into one of my Spotify lives. He's real nice, but he was mm-hmm. just trying to explain to me that Andrew Wiggins can bother Luka Doncic and mm. get the hell out of here. <laughs> the Warriors, if they are able to do something to Luka, it's because they have. And I looked this up today. According to Basketball Reference, they have twelve players between six four and six nine or six yep. ten. Like yep. they just have length, mm-hmm. so you're going to be able to throw bodies at him. But I've not ran into a ton of it yet. Um, I'm gonna. I, I tend to be on the front end of things, 
pretty earnest in my appreciation of other teams. Like mm. I, you know, even the jazz, I did briefly respect the jazz, you know, not the whole series, but Why? enough. So, well, I mean, they, they did go <laughs> up, you know, they, you know, they won. Yeah. The Mavericks have yet to win a, a the, the opening game of a, of a playoff series and they're in the conference finals. So mm-hmm. there, there's some interesting elements of this that I'm sure I'll pick up as it goes along. But right now, like I'm looking forward to it because I think the basketball is going to be very good. Do you think this Dallas thing is sustainable or does it even matter right now? It's a good question. To be honest with you, the game that Luca played in game seven was the first really good game he's had. He's played pretty inefficient basketball for him. He has a ball a lot. So you just, you got to be earnest about this when he has like a, a 28, eight rebound, seven assist game, but shoots the ball 22 times. You got to be honest about like the efficiency level and he hadn't shot the ball very well. You know, everybody we're kind of past this point, but in the last game of the regular season, he strained his calf, a grade two calf strain. And I think he's finally getting a, a sense of feel back and going against the warriors. I just, I'm just to the point right now where I don't see what they do. I could be wrong. Um, but I, I, I think, I think it'll be probably like, I, I see a seven game series in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's going to have a lot of like wild twists and turns, like who can adapt more. I mean, Steve Kerr is a stubborn man who doesn't really yeah. like to switch out. Like they should probably, meaning the Warriors should probably, they have this kind of complex offense, but they should seek out Luca and try to attack him. And I don't think they're going to. Does it make you nervous that they are coming off of a series with zero close games? The Mavericks? Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Um, I will say that I think that the the way the the Grizzlies play a little bit of a heliocentric offense when they have Ja Morant. You know, mm-hmm. the the one game they annihilated the the um the Warriors was when Ja was out. Mm-hmm. And I do think that if Ja was able to get his against the Grizzlies or against the Golden State Warriors, what is going to happen with Luka who is that's gonna make like Luca's just a different level of a player, and that's mainly because of his size. He's yeah, a big man. So I don't know. I, I is that a is is Luca is better than John Morant? A, a that's not a hot take. I, don't, I think I think that they're like John's like very entertaining. Like there's a narrative push that John Morant was all NBA first team, and then it's like guys, they missed 25 games. Like what are we doing here? And the and yeah. the Grizzlies were like 22 and three in his absence. Right. Yeah, like so. I. I I mean, I, I think he's a very he's a capable of being an incredible player, but I think right now he's more entertaining than great. I don't. I don't know. Um. All right. Well, I guess the last thing here. Um. No, I was gonna. Yeah. So the the sustainability of it, of of the the like not just in this series, not just moving forward if they play in the finals or whatever, but like organizationally speaking, do you? Because we kind of saw it with Kidd in Milwaukee, where the first year he was there, he had devised a defensive scheme that it took a second for teams to kind of figure out. Then they did, and then and then he just never really kind of adapted. Um, they are in a better place now, I think, organizationally, that they don't have Chris Atsporzinga's contract that they have to deal with. Um, the fact that Dinwiddie came in and Bertans came in and have been productive in in like in the return for Porzingis makes it even easier to kind of move forward. But organizationally, do you think 
Like, do you think this is a one-off run, or do you think this is kind of the start of the next chapter of Mavs basketball? It's a good question. the The real, like, the honest answer is this is likely to be a one-off run. Um, the West is just mean, yeah. And it is every year. The Clippers are going to be better, even if you get Kawhi for forty games. That's still better than no games. Uh, mm-hmm. Cyborg Paul George will be good. Um. I mean, and that man has had so many operations. The the Nuggets should, you know, even if they only get one of their two, you know, young players back and Jamal or Michael, Michael Porter Jr., they're gonna be better. I think Utah blows blows it up, but you know, the 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 Pelicans, the the Spurs, like there's just there's a lot of, you know, if the Lakers can figure out anything, like there's just a lot of paths for the West to get better. And the Mavericks books are pretty brutal. Um it's kind of a like you know, when Luka Doncic goes, he he's getting paid forty three million next year. It's the start of his supermax, and mm-hmm. that just clouds things up. And they have a lot of not they're not like world ending contracts, but they still owe the Knicks a pick for the Kristaps Porzingis trade. So they're just kind of limited in their team building. Now you bring in a new front office, and you essentially you know you move Porzingis, you get two smaller contracts that are kind of for the same length amount of time. Davis Bertans might even have an extra year if I'm remembering correctly, mm-hmm. but you figure maybe they try to do something. I don't know what um, I think they need to, excuse me. I think they need to get better big men. Um, Max or Dwight Powell being the starting center of a Western conference finals team is hysterical. Um, I think I saw a stat that uh, I think this is from Caitlin Cooper that I saw it from. She says that the, the tallest player averaging 25 minutes or more in any of the remaining teams is Kleber who, is like is six uh, ten, and is playing twenty five minutes a game. Looney is somehow six nine, but I feel like Looney is Gumby. Like just, <laughs> I don't ever like. I remember him being bigger, but just maybe just because he grabs so many offensive rebounds. Yeah, but yeah, and, and like it's it's a small ball fest moving forward. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fascinating small ball with like everybody that's actually six nine. Like it's, it's right. There's just no post players. Well, that was like. It, <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to get angry about the Lakers again, but like (laughs) the Lakers had that identity. They were, they were, they would go small with AD, a seven footer at center, and they would have LeBron at power forward and you'd have Kuz at small forward and you'd have KCP um, who's like six, six or six, five ish at, at shooting guard. And you'd have Caruso at point guard air quotes on point guard. And he's like six, three, six, four. So it's like, yeah, and then they decided, yeah, we're just going to employ nothing but six, four, and under people, and 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 it didn't go well. It, it nope. Just, if you're curious out there listening, how that approach works, it doesn't. When the other teams can line up in front of you and put everybody on the court bigger than you, weird. Yeah. Well, this was fun, man. I'm 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 actually happy for you. I am rooting for the Mavericks because I hate uh, San Francisco sports with a passion um and then you guys might be playing uh the boston celtics in which case i'll be rooting for you again there because i hate boston sports with a passion obviously well and i have i have precisely zero respect for the boston celtics um i do find it hilarious that they got better as soon as danny Ainge left though well so let's just be honest like they're a good basketball team but they were playing 500 basketball right up till the end of January. Then they played this amazing stretch. And you know what? You got to give credit where credit is due. They beat the crap out of a bunch of really, of really bad teams, though. 
mean, mm-hmm. they played Detroit three times during their like amazing win streak, which congratulations for beating Detroit. <laughs> I really like Jason Tatum, but Jason Tatum is currently the the uh, banner holder for real hoopers of America who just want American first basketball to thrive. Cause he's until like one of these other guys figures it out, like Cade Cunningham, there's not an American superstar other than Jason Tatum. There's not like he is fifth though. Cause Booker just got shut up for well, at least a year. Steph is American. So, okay. But Steph's 35. So it's like yeah. when you get these, so like, like a young one, you mean like the, the under 30, like prime players, you got Giannis, you got Embiid, you got Luca, you have um, Jokic. Mm-hmm. And and those got those four sort of rule the roost, and and Tatum keeps constantly getting shoved into the conversation because he is really good. But I have zero respect for them in no small part because the Mavericks have owned the Celtics lately. I just went and looked it up, and like, granted, this is not fair. This is a fan take, but Luca has three game winners against the Celtics. Like I, you know, like there's yeah, and they're sorry. a team that should be like they 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 should be equipped to stop him from knocking down that specific shot. Right. And like, like, for example, when, when I was a young man, Kobe Bryant wore the Mavericks like a skin suit because he constantly like, didn't matter a good team in those yeah. years, but he had their number. It was just a fact. Yeah. Uh, I still remember where I was. I think at one the- point the Lakers beat the Mavericks like 11 or 12 times in a row. Oh, uh, probably. I mean, there was like, I, I there are so many. I remember Laker that losses. streak ending and I was a little sad. Yeah. Like I, I remember where what bar I was in in Santa Monica when they wore the garbage trash can uniforms and Shaq destroyed Danny Fortson with like a really mean dunk. I still remember where I was standing in the kitchen of my house. It was like a Christmas game when the Mavericks were up like 29 heading into the fourth quarter at I Staples Center and they lost the game. I still remember where I was standing. I think standing that was Pe- game number like eight or nine in a row. That the it was terrible. I remember yeah. where I was standing at Pepperdine when someone was like, hey, Kobe has 62 against the Mavericks and it's the third quarter. I'm like, mother. And so it's like he's, and then that's Phil's how Adam like, Boston fans probably really love to hate Luca for that sort of re- where it's just like when a guy owns you, you hate him more. Yeah, and, and he sucks. plays the position of your guy. Mm-hmm. It hurts that much more when he plays the same position that Tatum plays. And no, is Tatum, just like, Tatum is incredible. I just like better shooter, better defender. But I just, I really like. I hope for that because that will be vitriol. You will see me being an <laughs> ass like. It'll be Kirk versus the ringer where I just yell at, at my buddy KOC and, and, yeah. and, you know, Hey, put me on with Simmons. Ah, you know, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rooting for it. I'm, I'm here for all of it. Thank you very much, Kirk, for hopping on best of luck moving forward. So long as you're playing the warriors or Celtics and, uh, and I, I I'm going to keep talking to you. I'm going to keep bugging you about this. Well, we'll talk soon then. Okay. 